Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Welcome back to our midpoint checkup. Uh, Last week we put out one about the All About Reading, and this week we're going to talk about Right Start Math. We had some early reviews on both of these curriculums oh, long, what seems like a long time ago, um, but we wanted to make when sure- we were just baby podcasters. When we were baby podcasters. We were like in our first 10 episodes. That's right. When we when we had absolutely no idea what we're doing, now we just don't know what we're doing. Semi-don't know. Semi-don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but before we begin, head down in the show notes. We're part of the New Game Schooling Co-op Network. Feel free to check them out. We got all the links there. We're now on Twitter. Oh, Twitter. And then we also have our awesome YouTube channel, which is, uh, I think, growing. And and I think we're going to be providing a lot more content on there. So definitely head on over there. We have the great all around the world review series about our Build Your Library and Torchlight curriculums. And that has been very fun for us to do. And we have been putting out those videos every two weeks or so. And as a call to action, uh, call to action, call to action, CTA. Hey, uh, you know, please reach out to us and let us know what you want to hear on the show. So mm. we talked a little bit about that. We put a, a post out to our Facebook group, but you know, comment on Instagram or Twitter or any of these other platforms. Let us know like, oh my gosh, I'm so struggling with, you know, this one piece. What do you guys think? Or, uh, you know, we're here to help. So let us know. Uh, we did get a new review this last week, which Ooh. was super exciting. Thank you for whoever did that. If you haven't le- left us a review yet, it really helps people find this show when they're looking and like, are these people any good or not? Uh, if you listen to us every week, we just so appreciate you taking a few minutes and leaving a review. Uh, we also very much appreciate when you mention us. We had uh, Sarah Malloy, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, who had come on the show before. Disciple of the show. Yeah, from yes. our little homeschool on uh, on uh, Instagram if you want to check out Sarah's got great stuff there she mentioned us uh, for another mom who was wondering whether she should combine build your library and torchlight for kindergarten uh, she mentioned our group and now we've been able to help six new families thank from you one mention uh, so yes thank you so much Sarah but I guess this is the power of community and this is mm-hmm. what we're trying to do so if you see somebody who's struggling or they're like I'm a new homeschooler I don't know where to start or what should I do for kindergarten or what do you think about right start math or any of these concepts uh you know shoot them our way we are so happy to help mm-hmm. folks and we just want to get the word out there um and we can't say it ourselves in these groups so if you can be our homeschool yeah. together ambassadors ariel gets the thor band hammer yeah yeah don't <laughs> don't get me banned um but that i can't i can't say it so if you can and you can be uh, our ambassadors we appreciate you mm-hmm. um and that's what we're trying to build here is a community where we can help Uh, other families so just wanted to give a shout out and a a thanks again to sarah for that awesome thank you thank you appreciate that let's talk about right start math so we're about halfway through um lesson 60 out of 120 right yeah right start math uh level a yeah level a and so 
I, I think our initial review of this was positive. Uh, we, yep. I was happy with it. I liked all the manipulatives. I liked the lessons. This is a very hand, hands-on math curriculum. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, um, go check out the link in the show notes. But it's we specifically chose something that's really hands-on. Matthew mm-hmm. and I both have STEM backgrounds. I, he's a physics. He's got a degree in physics, and I have a degree in engineering. And so we were very particular about our math selection. <laughs> uh, and we really uh, liked the idea of so much hands-on especially for younger learners. Yeah. So yep. if you haven't seen it, that's the biggest thing about it. So we'll do a quick summary of the last, I don't know, four or five months. Um, first thing that I realized is that I was surprised at how much growth my young learner has made in the math side. Mm-hmm. I know it's been a lot of content. We're doing about, I think, two two lessons a week now. We're at a pretty good clip. I think uh, before we were doing about one a, one a week, so we've been able to increase it. I think that only comes with, again, if you remember the last episode, I think I had to overcome a little bit of education issues where the sense that I was the teacher and I had to learn how to be an educator. And I've overcome a lot of that. I think the growth that I've made in both All About Reading and Right Start Math has improved the quality of the education and the velocity. You know, good, good, good software development term there. I've, I've increased our velocity of development. <laughs> well, and yeah. I, I think part of what to remember about yeah. both of these curriculums is that, you know, Right Start Math, it's 125 mm-hmm. lessons. Uh, we could definitely go faster if we were, but because our learner is a little bit on the young side, she's entering kindergarten this fall because she's an older, she'll be an older kinder, she'll almost be six when she enters. Yeah. So, you know, you may, your mileage may vary, I guess. Mm-hmm. But also, <laughs> I, miles per hour may vary. I'm limited in time as well because, you know, we try to leverage the, when the baby's sleeping for her afternoon nap to do this now. And, you know, I, I only have so much time. And mm-hmm. so I, I want to make sure we're efficient with what we do. And, I think my ability to be a better educator, her ability to learn the material a little bit faster now that she's more comfortable with certain aspects of math, number recognition, and just understanding numbers in her head, I think has you know improved the speed at which we're able to do these type of things. So that was the first thing. Second thing I was actually very, very surprised about, it actually got me really giddy, is that equations came very easy for her. Just the idea of equations, but I think that was all the, the work we had done up to that point. And when we finally pulled out the balance beam, and we'll talk a little bit about that, and then starting to introduce the idea of, you know, operators like addition, and you know, now we're even doing basic level multiplication, understanding how the equations represented what she was seeing on, you know, whether it was the abacus or the balance beam. You know, I was very surprised how fast that came, but I think that was part of the program, and I think that's why the program does a good job. That once that was introduced, she had enough skills below that she goes, okay, I understand what you're saying. And I see how that represents or how that, you know, echoes what we have been doing before. And I, so I was very surprised at that. And I think that's a credit to the the program. Next thing is um, it does feel like you're building strong foundations for your, you know, your learner, you know, knowing your numbers, visualizing the numbers, you know, the beads on the abacus, manipulating things like equations and stuff like that. I think that again is another piece of, what makes the program work really well. And so I was, again, I was very impressed. So I think my summary is that, you know, obviously we're going to continue going with this program. I don't think we'll change, you know, we'll do the next level when it starts. Yeah. Well, once you, once you invest in the manipulatives, they're, they're good for almost all the levels until you get to junior high. So that's really great. While this is, you know, if you, if you haven't looked at right start and you're just Mm -hmm. checking it out, it's, you can get a little bit of sticker shock at the beginning with, you know, just the, the, the initial cost, 
But most of that is the cost of the manipulatives, mm-hmm. which you'll use for the next few years. So Absolutely. I think that that was, it was, it was a good deal if you, if you spread it <laughs> across all <laughs> the years of elementary school. So let's get in a little thing that I made tweaks of. Um, the way the lessons, again, are broken up is very similar to All About Reading is that they have these various sections. You can uh, accomplish, you know, just a section a day or do two sections a day. And typically a lesson includes about four to five to six lessons sections. And, you know, we've talked about breaking up our lessons into smaller pieces in order to achieve those, going at the speed of our learner, things of that nature. They do have a review section is the first thing. But if you are just doing one section a day, the review you don't do every day. And so I talked about this in All About Reading, that I have this idea of review as a requirement for the lesson and having building things that you can review on a daily basis as part of your lesson has proven to be a great way for me to attack the sticking points. And I used the analogy in the last podcast of like an athlete or somebody who's working out. If you're trying to, you know, build up certain skills so that your overall game goes up, review as a requirement is the way I was able to achieve that. So what was the first thing? And I don't do all the same thing and it has evolved over time. So the first thing I did was she was really just sticking on her numbers, six versus nine, seven versus five for some reason she was swapping those two i really hammered home the numbers on a daily basis just as a a review so that and a warm-up too so that she gets the warm-up she gets her mind in the right space and then we go ahead into the lesson i found that to be very helpful and i think she pretty much she'll hit all her numbers now up through i think almost to 20 now she can just look at it and say okay that's that's this thing that is this thing well and part of this was us leveraging games yes we'll talk about games but yes this specific issue of recognizing numbers it really helps with the gameplay and we'll talk about the importance of creating game using games as a leverage into the math curriculum i think is, is super important Next thing I did is once she had her numbers down, we started doing the 10s, so 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, all the way up. Again, super helpful for her to have that confidence as, as the numbers grow, to know what they are and to not be scared of it. You know, once you have that little bit of anxiety or fear of what you're about to see or, you know, what problems you're about to do, you know, it, if you can take away that fear, you get more comfortable, more, more comfort breeds confidence, confidence breeds, I think, faster learning faster learning, especially if you get to a concept you don't know. Next thing is the abacus. We, we do it every day. I, it's, I don't know how many millennia old, but it is an unbelievably powerful tool. I don't know why it's not a common thing for all young learners to use. I, yeah. It's funny. I know, we kind of thought about it when we first looked at this, we were like an abacus, huh? <laughs> you know, no, and boy, it's the thing. It is, is absolutely the thing. And then I, kind of now a corollary to that is the balance beam, which is if you can imagine a, you know, just kind of like, um, yeah, just the balance. It's pretty wrong. long. Is long. It like three but, feet? Yeah, it might be about two, two and, and a half feet long. And then there's these little tabs and you put on the hanging weights. And then you can, you know, like one plus one. And then you put, put one on the other side that, on the two and it balances. The idea of balance was such a perfect concept in using this balance beam that when I introduced the equations, oh my God, it's like you could see the eyes just go, got it. I know exactly what you're talking about. You can visually see the balance. And the way we way I always did the balance beam is we were doing the the solving the balance on the balance beam. So like six, and I would put two threes or a four and a two. Understanding how the number is a combination of other numbers when you add them together, that was a good thing. But also when we put I would put the whiteboard 
and I would put equals right on the midpoint of the balance beam. So she would be able to say, oh, that's a six. Oh, four plus two equals six. Boom, it just clicked. When well, you made sure that you always, your yeah. your result was always on the right as an equation. As the equation would well, be. You know, typical equations would look. Yeah, we tend to go left to right. Those tools, I think, proved to be really powerful as a review. So I was doing those almost on a daily basis. Really helpful. Um, next thing is the synergy of the whiteboard, abacus, and balance beam together. I was actually shocked at how well that worked. So outside of the reviewing, actually getting into the lessons and how the lessons actually use the balance beam, the abacus, and the whiteboard, I think I could really just go with just those, and it would be a great math curriculum. Just doing math equations, using the balance beam, using the abacus. They have other things that you do as well. But I think those as a core piece of, of the curriculum was just so powerful. And I, and I was really impressed at how well they all work together and how you can use those lessons to leverage those three things just kind of in this like, you know, little triangular feedback mechanism there. I was really surprised at how well that worked. I wasn't anticipating that. I was ready to just say, let's just go to the whiteboard and do equations all day long. <laughs> but seeing how the balance beam, being as a, a manipulative, being something physical that she can touch, and then the power of the abacus. I really just have found the abacus to be just an amazing learning tool because it's beyond just seeing the numbers, but it's seeing the numbers in the beads and going, that's five, that's seven. And actually seeing that, I've, I've just been very impressed at how well that works. So that has been the synergy of those three things have been, I've been very impressed at. I, I did not anticipate that going into the curriculum. So, um, Let's talk about a few issues that I've had. Money has been an absolute disaster <laughs> on the program. Yeah. I have no idea why my learner does not like money. So we are going to start incorporating some games. Ariel has a few games here that- Yep, we're um, going to grab a copy of Money Bags. Money Bags, so we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do a review on that. We'll do some other games. I mean, just straight up putting money in front of her, she just did not care. You know, it just, I could not get her to memorize that the, the copper looking one is a penny and- the big one's a quarter. There's only four coins for goodness sakes. She just didn't, she just wasn't interested into it. So some lessons that include money, I'm just skipping those sections because it's just not something that she's interested in right now. Another thing that was another struggle disaster, the idea of estimating, especially if it's like 25 or 30 items on the board and have her try to estimate how many of those are. I, you know, have her pull off 10 or talking to her about areas and everything. I just, I have failed there. So I'm, I'm going to be looking for different ways to teach money and estimation. So I've been kind of skipping those sections. And in reality, I don't know how much, how important that is right now for her to know those type of things. So I'm kind of putting them on the back burner and I'm happy that she's doing math equations. I mean, of, of all things, you know, you put two plus two and she tells me it's four and she can do the equation. I'm, I'm happy with that. And I'll do estimation later or I'll do money later. Um, the next thing is we, the games have, they have this whole section around games the, and, and the card th games and they're kind of card games, but also they're like, they're more activities and they, and they, they like to call them games and they're not really games. They're more like activities. I, I get that they, it is sort of a game. Like they'll, they'll show you how to like, Oh, w what card is this? Or you're, or if you're trying to find a number within a, a, a group of numbers and you're trying to do it fast or you're doing kind of a war type of game. There's other type of games that they have that they d describe. 
they always felt more like activities as opposed to a game. And our learner like knows what a game is. Yeah, this is the same problem we had with the yeah. reading, right? That the thing that c- comes with the curriculum that they're trying to make interesting is something that's already big in our in our yeah, house. We already household. read fantastic books. We already play amazing yeah. games. So when he goes, "Hey, let's play a game," and it's kind of a, you know, it's a yeah. card number. It feels like there's if, no theme around it. Yeah. She's like, "What is this?" Yeah, like, <laughs> I can try. I can I can draw it out sometimes the interest, but a lot of times the games are not as good. And so I have, we're, we're, we're leveraging our own games in that respect. And I think we're going to start to think about, I think you and I just talked about it. And we had a walk with the baby trying to pull together games that would be good alternatives, not necessarily a one-to-one alternative that's in the, in the, in the curriculum, but Hey, if you're going to do this curriculum, here are seven games that are really, really good that you should go along with this curriculum. I think we're going to try and do that kind of thought experiment see if we can put something out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Pulling in games has been a a good alternative to the games that they list. And a lot of times they put their game at the end of the lesson, right before the, in conclusion, ask your learner this question. And you're like, eh, they kind of know that the games are kind of hit or miss. And they've, because where they put them, where they put them in the, in the thing. So I've kind of skipped some of those sections. I look at it and I go, oh, we kind of do that in our, in our review, our daily review. Like if I have cards, I'm like, hey. One big thing that I always did, I, I had these um, like zero to nine or 10 to 90 cards and I would just toss them out and I was like, put them in order. And so she would have to take them and put them in order. And then I would say, uh, can you read to me the order? So she goes zero, one, two, three, four, oh, five was swapped with seven. So she would fix it. So those, those are similar games that they like to do there. And so I was able to kind of bypass those. And just kind of do our own games. And I, I was kind of incorporating those, the games that they wanted in kind of our review. So I kind of bypassed a little bit of that. And that actually saved me a little bit of time and we could do a little bit more entertaining things. So that was kind of um, some of the issues that I've, I've been having. They're minor. <laughs> I, I'm, I feel like I'm nitpicking it, but those are some issues. So anyway, now gaps. These are things that I kind of want. <laughs> yeah this is this is a lot of our stem background talk. this is yeah so the first thing is i want to see more number lines it, they haven't done much number lining and i want to see in, in on top of that the idea of negative numbers you know she has the balance beam so they understand zero to ten that's pretty easy flip it around and show them that what they're doing with the math equations the addition the multiplication and they haven't even taught subtraction yet, which is another gap that I feel. Again, I'm only 60 lessons in, but I felt like we could have done more number lines and show them that all the math we're doing is really just operators on moving you up or down the number line. And I don't know if they're going to do this. And I haven't flipped forward to look. If they do, great. If they don't, I wish they would have done a little bit more number lines because I think she my learner would have gotten this a little bit better. We wish they would have done them sooner at the very least, even if they do end up covering. We started doing a little bit of this with the abacus, right? I'm asking her instead of, okay, give me seven beads on the abacus line. She would go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I'm like, hold on. They have blue and yellow. They split it all the time at five. Count from five, five, six, seven. So much quicker, so much easier. And then all of a sudden she'll realize that seven is two after five and then she'll just click seven or she'll say, Oh, I know eight because it's three after five, five plus three is eight. She's starting to see it right in the colors and in the abacus. 
I think that would have been better to do that on a number line earlier instead of having to use the abacus to try to do that. So the count from position is a good way to, to leverage into a number line. And I wish we would have done that. Like the other day I introduced negative numbers to her. I just said, Hey, listen, you don't have to know this, but I want you to know there's more out there. So I, I showed her, Hey, we've been doing addition. We've started doing multiplication, believe it or not, 60 mm-hmm. lessons in they're doing multiplication. And, and I saw why they did it. It was a nice outflow of doubling. So take three, double it. Well, what happens if you triple it? Well, it's three plus three plus three. Oh gosh. So I was doing this like, it's so annoying to write three plus three plus three plus three plus three. Could we, what if we wrote it in an easier way? Well, what's the number three? Okay. Let's do put an X next to it and say that that says multiplied by three multiplied by how many threes are there? Five. Good. Write five. So she saw that multiplication was just the simplification of addition, uh, adding the same number multiple times. So she, she got that really well. And I loved how they showed that to you. So it was this such a nice outflow from starting equations, doing doubling, doing tripling. Now I got multiplication. And that was, I, I loved how they did that, but I wish they would have done some more number lines because I think she would visually see it. Because if you think when you add inside your head, you're especially short numbers, like seven plus eight, you're like seven, three, five, 15, right? You're, you're thinking in terms of a number line. You're like, you're looking out ahead of you and seeing the answer. And that is perfect number line stuff. So I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. And I'm, I'm probably going to incorporate that. Next thing is I want a little bit more data collecting and a little bit of graphing. I want to be able to visually show data because the hardest thing with math is people will get really discouraged because they just see it as math and they don't see its correlation with the real world. Yeah. Right. And that was something with my STEM background in physics is that really all you're doing with math is you're trying to describe the real world, you know, whether it's the temperature for the day over the course of a week, or if it's the number of ants in an anthill coming in and out of an anthill, you know, whatever it might be all the way to, you know, what is the probability of this electron within an infinite square? Well, right. Like all these different things, it's just describing how the world is and math is the tool to do that. You know, whether you're a chemist and you're talking about balancing equations so I get the right right amount of, of this reaction to output the right amount of material that I need on the end, that's just a math equation. It's so simple, right? It's, it's super easy. Instead of getting locked into this boring thing called math, I wanna see more real world stuff. So I would like to see a little bit more data collecting. It could be very simple, like size of rocks versus size of sticks, whatever it might be. Because I think graphing and data collection and real world tie-ins to math is, I think, a good way to teach math. That was something that was always hammered home in my physics classes, that this is not some abstract concept on a board. You know, this equation represents the friction of that, you know, block sliding down, uh, you know, a ramp, Right. That is a real thing that you can see and touch and feel. So I, I, I like a little bit more of that. But again, maybe I'm nitpicking, but I want to I, I want to do more of that with her because I, I know how important visualizing math in the real world is um, going forward, especially if you're STEM or you're engineering or you're any of those type of fields. Next thing, I want to do a little bit of basic calculator. So this was something that was really hammered home in my upper level physics classes is that it's not bad to use a machine. <laughs> It's actually a good thing. I had a teacher who who said, um, you know, if you're going to do your math homework and you want to use like MATLAB to do it, I'm not against that. But I want to see your work on one problem and then go ahead and chunk out 
printouts of your other stuff so you don't have to make an al simple algebra mistake and get the wrong answer. But I want to know that you can do it and then go ahead and use the tools. I know there's a lot of fear of like using a calculator, but if, if your learner knows how to say two plus two equals and it's four, that's a great skill to learn. Like, yes, practice handwriting it out and doing a lot of equations. So, but using tools to do that speeds up the time and allows you to learn other things. So I'm going to start to play, show her calculators. Again, she's five and a half. I get it. Everybody's probably like sighing and rolling their eyes. This guy's just a physicist. He's an idiot. But I, I want her to know that there's tools out there that help her do this job faster and easier so that she can then go off and work on something else. So that's another thing I'd like. Well, I think the important thing about calculators too is that that's a way for her to check her answer without yes. having to look to you. You know, there's... we. Our, our daughter. I do this. Like I say, how do you know it's right? Check your answer. Check your answer. Like, is it 310 two? I don't know. It's one, two, three, one, two, three. Oh, it's 310 three. It's a check your answer. You got it, right? Right. Because I, I think sometimes when she yeah. looks to us and says, oh, you know, is this right or wrong? When we say, oh, that's not the right answer that there's a lot of, you know, there's some emotion caught up in that, right? Because we're parents and also educators. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, oh, I didn't, you know, they they weren't, they weren't happy with me or, you know, we, we do have to struggle sometimes with that, which is no, no, it, it's okay. You know, she gets down on herself, but mm -hmm. if she checks her own work, she, she, there's none of that emotion really enters into it. It's, so it's I, just different. So I, I do this with the advocates sometimes. So like, okay, three times, you know, eight times three, right? Eight beads, eight beads, eight beads. And then she does, they have this cool thing where it's like, give, take two, give two, take two, give two. And all of a sudden now you have your, everything's broken into tens. And then you have your little remainder. So it's like three, ten, it'll be two, ten, four, right? And you'll have two full tens. So she'll know 10, 10, that's two tens and then four beads left. And she'll say two, ten, four. And I'll say, great, check your answer. And then I make her go back two, ten. She'll say yeah, two ten four, and then I use that when she makes the wrong answer. So she'll say like two ten five, and I'll say check your answer, two ten one two three four two ten four. So she's in the habit of checking her answer. So I do this all the that time. That is with her. such a skill to check your own work. I mean, it's it's something that that is a life skill, for I'll, not I'll, just math I'll but do, everything. I'll do yeah story time. Here we go. So physics class, uh, physics um, quantum B class senior level. I'm um, using my Griffiths book, second half of Griffiths, physics teacher, and I'm doing the math question on the test. I get my test back. There's only three questions. One of them was wrong, got 66. And you're like, what happened? So I, I go and look question. I look at it and I go, oh, I, I, I did the right thing. I just made an algebra mistake, right? I'm doing calculus, high level, you know, probabilistic, you know, stuff. And I go, oh, I made a mistake. And the teacher goes, you're right. You did all the right things, but you made that mistake. I said, yeah. He goes, he looked at me right in the face. He goes, you knew this was a real number. Answer. This is not an imaginary number. And you had an imaginary number in your answer. And you know better. And he's pointing at me. Like, he goes, the next time you'll remember the red and you check your answer. And I was like, okay, you're a jerk, but... You're right. Well, You're right. I needed so, to check my answer. I had time. And he goes, I walked. He goes, and then he said, I watched you walk out of this class 25 minutes early. You got all the right answers, but you didn't spend 25 minutes to check your answer. And that stuck with me. 
it stuck with me well, so and I, I totally that see it. Yeah. Though, right. That, that's yeah. two different skills. One is about checking your answer. Yeah. The other is about having a sense of whether your answer is possible. Yeah. Right. And so that's one of the hard things when she's doing these to yeah. say, you know, is, is that possible? Yeah. Sometimes she'll, she'll just, you know, Oh yeah, yeah it's just this. <laughs> yes. Right. It's like, no, or the classic guess. I don't know. Whatever. 25. <laughs> right. Yeah. But gaining a sense through yeah. all these years of math, if, if she can have the ability to check her work mm-hmm. and have the ability to know when that number looks suspicious, that's a big part of engineering, right? We, oh, yeah. we get in some spec on something and we go, wait a minute. That doesn't look right. That doesn't look right. <gasps> right. It's not because we did a bunch of math. It's just because we know that, oh, the output voltage on these batteries is usually between this range and this range. And this one's quoting something else and we mm-hmm. contact the manufacturer oh that was a typo that's wrong it's supposed to be something else understanding intuitively that you're not in the right ballpark mm-hmm. is a really important skill mm-hmm. to learn and it's hard to teach that but that's one of the other ways that you know as you'll talk about we leverage games and i, yep. I think that that anyway those are two those are two if you're teaching your kids math those are the two most fundamental things as an engineer it was not about me being able to add and subtract and do calculus all these things or i have calculators computer programs for that <laughs> it's as an a, a, seriously as a working engineer those are not the things that i do but having the ability to check myself thoroughly and know when i am not in the the ballpark of where that answer should be so something can flag me that this is wrong those are the two most important things you could teach your kid in my opinion as, yeah. as an engineer that's you know just Knowing, knowing how to know that your answer is really right. And those are two of the best ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, next thing is we, we've done a lot of addition. Um, we, we started to do a little bit of multiplication. And I think this goes well with my, my desire to have a number line because I like the visual aspect of math. If you can visually you just have a thing for number lines. I do. I love number lines. I mean, they're going to, people are going to be making fun of them. Make sure it's Matt loves number lines or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I would love, to see addition and subtraction before seeing the multiplication, especially since the number lines, I would love for, for the learner at this level to be going up and down from, you know, 20 to negative 20 using the number line, you know, 10 plus five. Okay. One, two, three, I'm, now it's 15, right. And, and blending equations in with that or doing like five minus 10 and negative five, right. I want I want her to be able to have a lot of mastery in that and be very comfortable going up and down the first 40 numbers, you know, on, on either side of zero, 2020, right? I would love for her to have a lot of comfort doing that before going into some, to something like multiplication because with that, I can give her a bunch of problems, give her a number line and have her do the right answer before I start to teach her about, you know, hopping the number line with multiplication or you know, hopping down with division, right? I think having that familiarity with the number line and the comfort of doing that, I think would help leverage multiplication and division a little bit easier because she can visually see what she's doing. That's something that's, again, I'm nitpicking here, but that's something I might incorporate a little bit more. Like I talked to her about, you know, the number line being really high, really small. I talked about how, like this week, I talked to her about there's numbers between zero and one. She was like, what? I said, yeah. I said, here's the trippy thing. There's as many numbers between zero and one as there are numbers. Like they're both an infinite. There's infinite number of ways to do that, right? So it's like, 
you know, these are little... It's com- such a vast world. It's such a vast it's so world. It's hard for somebody that age to even... It's hard for us as adults to grasp. Oh, it, yeah. But, you know, for... I think I think most of this is about just exposure. It's mm-hmm. not about her understanding what infinity means right yeah, now. No, no, it's not. not about it at all. I just, it's just about exposure. Yeah. I always liked I always liked it when teachers told me that there's more than what I'm teaching you right now. That there's a mystery out there. It's like I, yeah, because she got she's kind of in this age right now where she's like, I know everything there is to know about this thing. And then I ask her a question, she goes, Oh, I don't, I, I don't know, know that. I don't know that. Right? And and rather, she than likes be the upset, idea of discovery. She, yeah, yeah, she she gets energized by the fact yeah. that she doesn't know everything. So yeah. I think that that's an important thing. So like I showed her, like here's here's addition, here's multiplication. I said there's two others that we haven't learned yet: subtraction and division. I said there's a lot of other stuff too, but these are the four big ones. I said we haven't learned these other two, and I've started doing this with all about reading. Hey, do you know this letter? Yeah. You know how S has two sounds? Yeah. A lot of other letters have other sounds we have not learned yet. She goes, oh, okay. It was funny. You were talking about yeah. uh, you were doing a little bit of multiplication with her um, the other day. And she said, well, you were you were doing like squares of things and stuff. Yeah. And she she knows intuitively because you've talked enough with her about how there's so much duality mm-hmm. in mathematics. She goes, what's the opposite of that? Yeah. She asked me and I said, oh, it's a square root. She goes, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, if there's these two, you know, I started to try to kind of explain it. And I said, but, you know, a lot of them are, it's, that's more math than you're going to learn this year, but you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But she knew that there was some, there was an, an opposite to it, which I thought was, gosh, she's five and a half. I was super excited that she, she knew that. I thought that was really cool. Absolutely. So before we get into the thing that we, we you know, we're into, stay to the end of the credits. I'm going to have a whole rant about naming of numbers. So stay all the way through the credits. I'm going to have a whole thing about this. So. So, but we we haven't really talked games. Let's talk games. Let's talk games because one of the things is that most of the concepts that are taught, and especially in this level, it's all round numbers. And we're not doing a bunch of decimals and things. Games are the perfect way, mm-hmm. right? It's it, it can be... Um, it can be anything from, you know, the very early multiplication. Mm-hmm. King Domino is great. Uh, any of your, your counting games. Count Your Chickens is a fantastic preschool game from Peaceable oh, Kingdom. Lost Cities. Lost Cities is a big, I'm a big fan of that because you're ordering numbers with ga- with potentials of gaps and understanding right. that. And then also light multiplication. Lost multi- Cities the card game. Yeah. Lost Cities the card game. And then also light multiplication, I think up to two or three. Yeah, that's, a, that's an adult game. Um, but, you know, even if you want to do a preschool game, you can pull in something like Peaceable Kingdom Count Your mm-hmm. Chickens, which has counting twice for every turn. The The possibilities with games and math is endless. Mm-hmm. And whenever we find that our daughter is struggling a little bit or she's not as energized, we pull out a game and she's just right back in there. And she... It's a it is a wonderful way for her to show her mastery of different pieces of math Um in a fun way rather yeah. than just having to do the assessments that are in the curriculum. And when she's struggling with something, we go, I, I got a game for that. There's always a, we always have a game for that. So just remember if there's something that you're struggling with, uh, try to see if there's some way that you either have a game that applies or a game that you can adapt. We do that a lot. We'll take an adult game that's not uh, purpose built for this and we'll change some rules around and make it work so that it works on the subject that we need it to for the curriculum. Uh, and like Matt said, we'll work on some game lists and things to give you some ideas, but just know that games were built for this games. Yeah. Games in essence are just math. 
They are they are just the same as those math games that are included in the curriculum, uh, except that they have great themes and other interesting mechanics. But it's at the base, it's all math. So um, mm-hmm. you know, please don't don't hesitate to pull out your games, even if you're not game schoolers, even if you have Shutter Candyland. Um, Candyland. You know, you can find a way to make that work, right? You can, even when I, we've played things like Hoot Owl Hoot, which is a similar but much better version, uh, where and cooperative, where you're pulling out colors and they're matching the colors. I'm having my daughter count along as she goes, or she's evaluating multiple owls she could move and which owl can move the farthest, right? So you can pull math into all kinds of games. You don't have to have super nerdy board games in order to do that. Just just don't forget about the games if you're not normally a game schooler. Usually you're like, ah, you people in your games. Uh, but this is one time when they are your, your best friend. So really leverage those. So let's end this the way we always do and what we're into. So Ariel, tell me about the beauty of having only one child. <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. We are into vaccinated grandparents, <laughs> vaccinated grandparents. <laughs> this week uh, where we've done a done a swap kind of thing where oh, yeah. our, our younger uh, learner, our toddler got to go to grandma's house for a couple of days. No, no, it's grandma's house. Grandma's house. Grandma house. She's so excited. She got to go there for a couple of days. Go to grandma's house, ride bikes, make cookies. <laughs> she was very excited. <laughs> and then we switched, and our older learner is gone now, and we only have the younger one for a couple of days. That's why we're podcasting in the afternoon. That's right. <laughs> and we're gonna go uh, tomorrow, and we'll get both of uh, we'll get our older learner and come home, and and so. What's really great about that is that we were like, oh, it's nice to get rid of the toddler for a couple of days because oh toddlers are they're just like walking guys, tornadoes. It's so much easier having one kid. <laughs> right. <It's laughs> so much so the, our daughter is such a little little uh, Godzilla. She's always, you know, knocking well, stuff With over. the older one, I had all day long. I could homeschool all day and we read books and we played an unlimited amount of games. It was amazing. And then with the younger one, it was like, I'm playing toys. I'm not being yelled at. I'm not having to tell someone to go potty all the time. And, <laughs> right. and I get playing to, games with her too. And I listen to like a butt ton of podcasts. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. The, a lot of great stuff. It was for us, it's yeah. been a big week. Um, and just, and just remembering how important it is to, I, I think what my takeaway from this week is that it's so important to give individual attention and time. And yeah. I don't really think about that as much with our toddler. I think about that with our older daughters. Like mm-hmm. I don't have as much time to read to her as I want or for you to do the homeschool or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. as we would like, because we do have a toddler. Um, but gosh, how important it is to just spend time focused on the toddler, right? Yes. The, the moment that her sister left, she was like game game. Cause she loves to play games, but the problem is we pull it out. Our older daughter wants to actually play the game. And the younger one's just interested in, in touching the materials and in feeling the pieces and maybe stacking the cards or matching the cards or whatever. She's not going to play. Uh, and it's been wonderful to just be able to give her our time and attention and focus. Um, and for each daughter to get their own time, too, at Grandma's was it was a it was a wonderful and glorious thing. Uh, so it has been nice. We hope all you out there are able to start leveraging your family again. And yeah. we we've been kind of a been a isolated isolated homeschool, and this feels like the first time when we've been able to kind of yeah expand the um, 
you know, the the whole it takes a village. It so takes a village, and right now we've none of us have our village. Uh, so I hope that your village is. Uh, we sincerely hope your village is coming back to you, and uh, you, know, you can. Gmas. Yeah. I have a writer friend who who's pioneering a new genre called old adult instead yeah. of young adults, old adult, and she has this character. It's like a seventy year old lady who is like a crime caper type of person. Her name is Gma. Yeah. Gma on the floor. <laughs> so Gma. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. So anyway, yeah. that's what that's uh, what's going on in our little lives this weekend, and we hope that you all are staying uh, safe and uh, coming out of everything happy and healthy. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time, happy homeschooling. All right, if you stay to the end. Everybody has a cause these days. Everyone's got a wait, cause. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Let me dust off the soapbox. Yes, yes. Let me get the soapbox <sighs> ready for you. Get up Stand there, on it. There you go. Get my shaker hat on and everything. Everybody's got a cause these days, and I have been converted by All About Reading into how terrible our numbers are named. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Totally reasonable. Ten, not so reasonable, and it gets worse. People, all about. Re- I mean, the Right Start Math has opened my eyes to the one ten, two ten, three ten, four ten. Why? Because this is what we do for every number above a hundred: one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, one thousand one hundred sixteen. Wrong. It should be one thousand one hundred one ten six, because that's how we say it, right? So no, we have these weird numbers, 10, and then it gets really weird, 11, 12, then there's some normalcy, 13, 14, 15. No, they should be 1103, 1104, 1105, 1106. It makes so much sense. And then there should be no such thing as 20 or 30. It should be 210, 310, 410, 510. So I encourage everybody out there to begin to use the right naming structure. Ariel's over here shaking her head. She goes, this is absurd. No, there needs to be a better naming structure because it's so much easier to teach that 11 is 1101 than 11 because there's a pattern. So anyway, that's my little rant. I'm off the soapbox and the wife is already on Instagram tweeting, (laughs) making comments somewhere. Do do you see the logic? Do you see the logic? So 10,000 was it be? It'd be it'd be one ten thousand three. So you're on the soapbox about this. I'm on the soapbox about the teens. The teens I don't like. Right? Yeah, but trash the teens. No, no, but every, and then trash the tens. Everything else is like twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. It's all easy, right? So why isn't it? No, it should be one ten, ten two. Why isn't one, it ten, ten one, ten two, ten three? Right, just like ten, twenty, thirty. No, it's not right? ten. You would say one ten. Yeah, I'm not down with you on this one, Boozer. 110, 110, 110, 110, We could go ahead and have the metric discussion as the engineer. I'm pro metric. I am so pro metric, but. Uh, <laughs> They've tried. Yeah. Too metric. Much for us. All you in Canada. Oh, I swear good, job. good job. Kilometer makes so much more sense. Doesn't make so much. Anyway, that's my little rant. The number system is wrong. Everything is wrong these days. So, therefore, um, hope you guys have a good time. Good luck educating your kids on the weirdness of numbers.